Welcome to Bodcast, the business of dentistry podcast, brought to you by Practice Plan. Bodcast delivers the best business advice, real-life stories, and practical hints and tips to make your practice a more profitable and sustainable business. And now, here's your host. Uh, welcome back, everyone. So we are um, returning for part three of trying to improve well-being in dental practices, and. Um, I'm saying I'm simply just an associate dentist working in York in a mostly private practice, um, which is well supported with a lot of plan patients. And joining us again is Marek. So um, just uh, say hello for us, Marek, and um, just uh, tell us about your background very quickly. Hi, thanks so much, Hussain, for introducing the podcast. So my name is Dr. Mark Kwaja. I'm a dentist and positive psychologist and the founder of Mind Ninja, a wellbeing startup specifically for dental professionals. So for a living, I do three days of dentistry, um, but my actual passion is to help boost uh, wellbeing for us. So I run kind of workshops, programs, and I design beautiful products uh, to help boost your sense of engagement and meaning and purpose in life. Thanks very much, Marek. So today's topic that we're talking about, as um, the days have got shorter and we're hitting winter, we're going to talk about something called SAD um, or Seasonal Affective Disorder. Um, so if you just sort of let us know what SAD is really, um, sort of what's, what's it defined as um, and how would you really describe it? Yeah, great question. I think this term is being used much more um, and a lot of us know it as the winter blues. So these are really kind of symptoms of feeling depressed, sad, low in mood. Um, and we might notice this during the winter months. So particularly these months right now, um, I would say that most of us have some of the signs and symptoms of the winter blues um, we might notice that we're feeling a little bit more irritable than uh, normal um, we might be noticing that our sleep um, is impacted maybe we're eating a little bit more eating a bit less um, but certainly it's a really important topic to kind of spotlight because there are things that you can do to help kind of navigate it and you say that most of us will have signs and symptoms of um, SAD. Um, why is it that certain people will kind of show up kind of more um, in terms of those signs and symptoms? Um, is it just because they're better at preventing it? Or are they just doing something different that the rest of us aren't doing? Um, sort of what, what do you sort of think is their way of kind of actually sort of, you know, managing to sort of, you know, not be affected by this time of year, I suppose. I think all of us are impacted. It doesn't matter how good your well-being practices are. I think all of us are impacted by the change in the weather, the reduced sunshine. So it's very common to experience. Um, all of us are on the mental health continuum. So uh, we know that there are certain factors that uh, mean that we shift up and down this continuum. Um, so we might kind of shift towards uh, poorer mental health um, when certain kind of risk factors are in play. So for example, it might be that we're genetically predisposed to get, um, you know, uh, to experience uh, ill health such as uh, SAD or depression, anxiety, etc. Um, but, you know, we can't control our genes. What we can control are our protective factors. And these include, you know, things like mindfulness, 
journaling, um, self-awareness, emotional regulation, positive relationships. You know, there's a bunch of things that we're going to explore in this podcast that really make a big, meaningful impact um, on things like SAD. Um, so, yeah, those those people that perhaps aren't experiencing the full on uh, symptoms of SAD will have have kind of leveraged their protective factors and maybe they're um, less genetically predisposed. Um, so there are kind of a bunch of different interplaying factors when we're talking about our being on that mental health continuum. OK, and then um, for those of us that, you know, maybe aren't kind of, you know, showing it up um, or well, we are, we are showing it up, I suppose. Um, or maybe sort of not realising what the actual um, effects of it are, what kind of signs and symptoms do we need to look out for in ourselves? So I think the best way to think about the winter blues is to think of it being really kind of similar to depression. So the winter blues has, or SAD, has a lot of the symptoms exactly the same as depression, but it occurs during the winter months. So what, what I mean by that in terms of the signs and symptoms is persistent low mood. Um, we're not actually getting pleasure from the things that we would normally get pleasure from. Um, we may be experiencing a bunch of negative thoughts. Um, and in, in terms of our kind of behaviour and how this manifests in our actions, we may be withdrawing from others, um, we may kind of lash out, it might really impact our, our mood in that way, or we might withdraw, or we might feel really, a, you know, sense of, um, rather than low mood, we might feel really numb, uh, we might not really feel much at all. Uh, so those are the kind of varying symptoms. We might also notice sleep changes, we might be sleeping more than normal or less, we might be eating more than normal or less. Um, and also things that would come normally easy for us, such as brushing our teeth, getting ready in the morning, uh, deciding what to wear can be a real struggle. Um, well, I can sort of know how that feels a little bit because you wake up now and, you know, the first thing you do when you open sort of those curtains or blinds or whatever else you've got, you know, the first thing you say is just nothing but pitch black again. Um, and it's sort of that horrible feeling when you can't sort of see much outside and, um, you sort of, and then you look up and you realise that the, sort of, the sky is really grey as well later on. And it's not sort of great, you know, in terms of feeling. And, um, you know, you've mentioned about how um, it's good to get out. And why is light so important um, in terms of actually how human behaviour sort of, um, you know, goes um, and the way that people sort of feel about themselves? So if you think of um, humans um, and, and how they've evolved, you know, we've been evolved to be outdoors in nature, uh, surrounded by, you know, sunlight and green um, uh, and, and kind of nature, natural environments. So if we think about that, then it's really no surprise that actually, you know, being outdoors in nature, being um, under, you know, sunshine is really beneficial uh, in terms of boosting our positive mental health. And that's because it actually boosts our positive emotions. So we feel good. Um, we feel uh, more energized. We might notice other um, emotions that pop up when we're, you know, outdoors experiencing sunshine. So all of these aspects are really kind of crucial because they help to positive emotions. So don't only feel good, they do so much good as well. So we build our psychological resources as a result, such as optimism. Um, so there are lots of benefits 
of experiencing kind of sunshine and being outdoors and being in, in, in nature and natural environments. So when we have lack of that during winter, you might also experience kind of a lack of being you know, outdoors as much as you would normally be. So you might not be then going to the park, going to forests, and um, you're not connecting in, with nature in the way you would be. And you're missing out on all of those physical and psychological benefits, right? Uh, so yeah, massive kind of downstream impacts, you know, by having that that change in season. Um, well, you say that, you know, it's great if you can get out um, and, you know, if, if it is sort of something that you're able to do, then, you know, it's it's ideal. Um, but then on those really rainy days when it's pouring outside, the last thing you want to do is, you know, get soaked. Um, what other ways would you say that you've got that you could actually try and manage sort of um, the symptoms that you've got or sort of manage sort of your, the way you're feeling? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really kind of crucial point, particularly in the UK where it's very rainy. Um, there, I, I would always start with the basics. So you want to get those fundamentals of positive health, um, you know, well underway. So we're talking about prioritising sleep, having a good sleep routine, um, which might involve kind of reducing your use of phones and TVs, you know, hour before bed, having that digital detox, you know, reducing the temperature as well. So, you know, getting your room a nice 19 degrees, nice and cool, um, having a blackout curtain, all of these things can really help uh, you prioritise uh, your hours and get that good night's rest. Um, having good nutrition as well is really kind of crucial. Um, so foods that are nourishing and prioritising that obviously is going to really help your mental well-being. Um, and then once you've got those basics, um, I would then add, you know, other things. Um, and I quite like to spotlight the PERMA model um, of well-being when I talk about um, mental ill health quite a bit because I think it's a great model, a great framework in practically giving you some ideas of how to prevent um, ill health. So with the PEM model, um, you've got lots of different strategies. The P stands for increasing your diet of positive emotions. Um, and again, we mentioned this earlier, like positive emotions are really good for us. Um, it's not just that they feel good, but they really help us um, in terms of building psychological resources. So whatever brings you pleasure, increase it. And that might be as simple as watching like funny um, videos on YouTube or like you know scrolling um, and, and watching like funny memes it could be um, painting or drawing it could be baking like whatever gives you pleasure you need to prioritize it I think as dental professionals who are so focused a lot of us on goals um, and kind of the next thing in terms of our career um, it's really kind of useful I think to remind ourselves that look you know we can slow down and prioritize pleasure in some way so get your 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 hit of pleasure and that can look so different for everyone um, but find out what kind of works for you and up that um, secondly work out ways you can increase your sense of engagement uh, with your life um, and this means just really kind of looking at your hobbies and seeing if you can introduce them reintroduce hobbies 
so as kids we were really good at this we used to you know do all sorts of things we'd play a lot we would explore different things um you know one one minute we might be playing basketball other times we would be painting um, we'd be playing music um and i think as an adult sometimes we kind of lose that aspect that sense of play that sense of fun the advantage of doing those activities um, are that it can get you into flow states and this is um, also known as getting in the zone um, and you might have heard this in terms of the world of, world of um, athletes so in sports psychology we talk about this a lot so getting in the flow is um, having moments in your life where you lose concentration and you really get absorbed in the task you're doing um, it's a really beautiful uh, like time because you're really enjoying what you're doing you're getting that pleasure hit um, you're challenging yourself but not too challenged um, and we know uh, from the science that actually just increasing your moments of flow in your day today is really beneficial when it comes to boosting your mental health so that's what I would suggest like look at ways you can increase flow and that like I said it can look like different things for different people it might be baking it could be teaching it could be reading it could be writing but whatever it is do more of it um, and that certainly can help um, another kind of key thing to flag as well is positive relationships and nurture your relationships. I think that's really crucial. That's one of the fundamental pillars of, of well-being. We're going to feel better. So it might be you know, calling a friend and having a conversation with them, um, or it could be hanging out with a, with a friend or a loved one, but do something to prioritise your relationships. Um, that's really kind of crucial. Um, there are other aspects as well. There's meaning, and so trying to find um, activities that boost your sense of meaning um, can be really beneficial. That might be as simple as I'm going to help someone in need, like, uh, you know, I'm going to volunteer or I can, you know, help a, a colleague, for example, at work. Um, so you can get a, quite a quick hit of well-being by just really uh, focusing on meaningful activities um, and that can be kind of crucial and then lastly accomplishment so l l really designing some goals that align with your values and what matters the most um, and these can be really really small goals you know such as i want to just do one minute of journaling every day in my as part of my morning routine and um, that could be really kind of beneficial for you Okay, um, so well, all useful tips, um, and I suppose they're all things we've talked about before, really, haven't we? Um, so it's trying to sort of fit things in with that model. Um, going back to light and kind of getting out, um, you mentioned how kind of you know it's really good um, to be out, that kind of thing, uh, make the most of nature, um, especially. Now, as dentists, we understand a lot about biochemistry, essentially, and um, and when we say light, that means you know our body's sort of getting the vitamin D, which is a big thing um, in terms of stress hormones. Is there any kind of benefits of taking a vitamin D supplement or something to actually help boost that in any way? Yeah, absolutely. So the the guidance really now for medics is to take vitamin d most people should be taking it throughout the year but particularly now when we're not getting the same benefits as we would from being outdoors in terms of the sunshine uh, as we do, would in the summer months it's really really important to prioritize taking vitamin d um, so most doctors I, I would say would recommend taking vitamin d as a supplement 
um, and having that daily, you'll be surprised actually, there's so many people with vitamin D deficiencies. And actually a couple of years ago, uh, during the pandemic, I had I had a vitamin D deficiency that I had no idea about, and I'm always outdoors, but I'm also wearing SPF 50. Um, so, you know, perhaps I'm not, not getting vitamin D as I liked to. Um, and I was getting um, all the kind of symptoms of vitamin D deficiency. So I was feeling super tired, um, exhausted and body aches. And, uh, you know, I did a, a blood test and, and I discovered a vitamin D deficiency. So what I would suggest if you're able to go get a blood test, you know, a lot of um, Asian people in particular um, have a, a low vitamin D count. So definitely go get get that checked, particularly if you're getting any of those, those symptoms of feeling like super exhausted despite having, you know, sleep, etc. Um, it's it's really something quite straightforward that you can potentially fix. And then I just now take a regular vitamin D um, tablet and it's 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 easy um, and makes such a big difference. Well, sounds good. And I suppose you know, it's just those are kind of things that are readily available in any sort of shop or supermarket. Um, so easy to get a hold of and, you know, even something you can just experiment with. Do you necessarily need the blood test or is it just sort of something to confirm it? Um, yeah, I think it depends on on you, right? So I, I think so. Doctors generally say to take vitamin D supplement, particularly now in winter, because we're not going to be making our normal amounts of vitamin D. But if if you are if you are curious and you've got the symptoms, then it might be worth exploring that, particularly if you you are feeling super tired um, during the winter months. And um, so, and it's such a straightforward blood test to do. So, you know, there's no, there's not really a reason not to, aside from the time um, aspect. Oh, great. Um, so something that everybody could potentially try. Um, and then we're talking about kind of people being tired and, you know, winter traditionally, as far as sort of the animal kingdom goes, is, you know, when most of, um, most of the rest of the population uh, sort of world I guess will, will hibernate um, and it's a natural reaction just to sort of fall under a duvet and um, you know sleep and I suppose you want to also naturally eat more um, which is what you've said based on just collecting calories um, for that hibernation period. Um, now human behavior is obviously different in the sense that we have artificial lights and we have a lot of different artificial things um, that sort of keep us occupied um, so how would you sort of say is a good idea to balance that without sort of it impacting on the way that we have to sort of carry on with our professional lives? Yeah, I think it's a really good um, good thing to kind of spotlight in terms of the hibernation and our natural instincts. Um, it makes me actually think about this Danish term called Hugger. I'm sure I'm, you know, saying that wrong. So I apologize for anyone who's Danish. But it's this beautiful concept about savoring life's joys. And it's a whole culture around uh, really reveling in small pleasures during the winter. So, you know, a cup of tea, creating an ambient um, environment, so putting candles on, um, having a cozy fire, getting people round and, you know, having this cozy hygge kind of environment. Um, and in Denmark particularly, um, they are really, really um, proud of this kind of concept because what it does 
do is it really helps give a sense of positive well-being to Danes uh, because actually a lot of the time they do spend um, in bad weather it's very cold there it's very dark a lot of the year um, and so they've developed strategies to cope and this is one of those um, and this is where you're kind of leveraging some of the science of um, positive psychology in terms of relationships getting your family around um, and snuggling up, having the duvets and having kind of those cosy fire sh fireside chats with, you know, a warm cup of cocoa or like cake, etc. So having uh, those those things and bringing those um, into play are quite useful. And then I guess like balancing that with, um, I think probably just setting goals that can help you during this period can be really, really useful. So having positive goals going forward will help increase your sense of optimism. I mean, particularly right now with the political climate, financial climate, there's a lot of stresses. Uh, we've got a world war going on. Um, you know, we've, we've got the cost of living crisis. There's a lot of um, negativity, um, isn't there? So I think minimizing news is, is helpful personally, um, and that can help, uh, but also just really kind of creating goals that um, will inspire you and get you excited about the, the new year coming is, is really um, beneficial in terms of increasing that positive emotion of, of optimism. And, and that's a really, really important uh, psychological resource when we're talking about um, us feeling better, right? You know, we need that sense of um, excitement for the future or interest in the future um, and so thinking about your your goals and uh, the way I always think about it is uh, since learning about the science of well-being is to try and think about your trying to think about your values and aligning your goals with what matters to you the most and your values means that you're more likely to um, achieve those goals um, and they'll they, they actually be more of a fun experience for you as well. So you'll be what we call intrinsically motivated to complete those goals. And that's really crucial when we're talking about goal setting, right? Um, so when I, what I mean by intrinsic motivation, it's this type of motivation that um, really comes from you wanting to do that, that activity because it's fun, it's meaningful to you, it brings you a lot of purpose and joy and you do it anyway. Um, so trying to think of those those ways of framing your goals, it means that you're more likely to be successful. Uh, great. So um, goal setting is obviously important um, and is, I, I suppose, another good excuse just to try and um, spend time with as many people as you can. Um, you mentioned with goal setting and it's, you know, that point where um, the winter does really include the new year period. Um, everyone always seems to rush to sort of make resolutions and I know for one I try and make sort of a few and never tend to really manage to stick to everything that I'll set myself to try and do. Um, are there sort of any particular sort of hints to actually sort of keep on track with your goals and make sure you're sticking with them? Yeah, absolutely. There's actually a lot of science behind goal setting. It's quite a really, really fascinating topic. Um, I think just wanted to interject my own personal experience as well. I, I, I think all of us or a lot of us struggle with um, setting new goals um, and resolutions in the new year. And this activity that that 
I find quite useful is to instead of setting um, the goals you would normally do, which might be a list um, and they often, um, you know, I want to lose weight, I want to, they might be framed in a negative way um, to think about perhaps doing a vision board. So this is um, creating a collage of all the things um, and all the wishes that you want to come true the, the year after, you know, the year coming. Um, and this could be around your career, but also your personal life. Um, your relationships, you know, holidays you want to go on, all of these different aspects, but dreaming of those aspects and actually kind of being creative about it and, and making this vision board um, can be really useful, A, for increasing optimism, but B, like putting it in somewhere in a place that you can see them, you're more likely to um, actually um, do those things in the future because you can, you're kind of reminded of, um, of those goals, but you're also tapping into the emotional aspect as well. So, you know, the images will be perhaps, you know, you sitting in a beach, maybe it's a, it's a you know, a really evocative kind of image of you being happy or someone being happy. Um, and that can be a great way of kind of tapping into that concept of, okay, yeah, this year I'm gonna plan for this, I'm gonna make it a priority. Um, or it could be that you want to perhaps, you know, upskilling in a certain area. Um, but just actually creating a vision board, giving it a go. Um, I know it sounds super wishy-washy. Honestly, so much fun and can be really, really, really useful. Um, going back to what the science says, basically with our goal setting, we often fail because we don't, um, we often set like really massive goals rather than teeny weeny goals. So what we want to do is, is to make sure that they're really small and really simple so that we can definitely do them. And um, so what I mean by this is if I wanted to become a regular um, mindful meditator and I wanted to really hone my meditation practice, my goal wouldn't be I want to this week and every week I want to do 30 minutes of meditation because quite frankly that's so difficult to do so always start super small so it might be you know my goal is for 30 seconds or a minute I'm going to schedule in some mindful breathing that's it and once you've ticked it off you will positively reinforce um you know doing that goal so and you can always then build up you know a minute couple of minutes to five minutes ten minutes etc but always start really really small um, another aspect that's really useful that comes from katie milkman and colleagues she talks about um, stacking habits so if you already have a habit of for example uh, listening to a podcast and it's a and it's a podcast you absolutely adore like you you really love it if you actually then um, actually stack it with something you don't lo love to do like for me it would be running I'm not you know that into running but if I stack my really enjoyable hobby which is listening to my favorite podcast um, at the moment for me it's hidden brain um, and and actually adding that to my running so I can um, you know as I'm running listen to my podcast and I, I actually only listen to my podcast then when I go running I'm much more likely to go running because I really want to listen to that podcast so there are ways you can actually increase and inject fun and that takes me to my next point which is inject fun like whatever you're doing try and make that more fun and more pleasurable um always a sure way to get you to actually do your your goals um so yeah those are the kind of tips that i would recommend
almost sounds like you're trying to trick your brain into um, doing what you want to do with something that you know to get um something you don't want to do out of the way um which is um well useful um well i guess we're all really counting down until the winter solstice and then we know that summer's on its way again um which is what i tend to do most years um any sort of final tips um sort of get through the rest of the winter yeah i think I think slowing down, you know, really embrace this um, hibernation kind of season, slowing down, being reflective um, thinking about perhaps going inwards and we're getting really in touch with what really matters to you the most. Often we're so busy with events and, and life in general, uh, we don't really have that opportunity to really find out what's going on with me, you know, what's going on with my emotions and thoughts. What's a priority for me? What do I want to do in the new year? How do I want to show up? Um, what kind of legacy do I want to leave behind? So all of these are really important reflective prompts. So maybe, you know, that's what I would suggest, like increase your self-awareness, like really work to get to know yourself better. Um, and that's not time spent in idle. It's always good to, to do that. And perhaps, you know, actually taking, um, a ticket from you know the Danish culture to embrace this season to slow down and to enjoy um the positive aspects of the season you know such as you know the change in the color of the leaves and um I quite like going outdoors and and noticing those aspects of of nature and celebrating that season so where you can um, hunt for those positives um, and embrace that that sense of slowing down and that reflection. Sounds like a good way to end because, well, everything seems slowed down in the winter and I guess it's no reason why we shouldn't sort of slow down a bit either. Um, well, well, we'll finish there um, for this time. Thanks very much to Mara for joining us and thanks very much everyone for listening. Thank you so much.